0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast of The Invisible World of Jeremy Jones, where it's not so much about how to live your best life, but how to show up and live your life. Thanks for joining. All right, welcome everybody to episode 17. Um, Your truck is on fire, part one. Well, hello to all my invisible friends. How are we going to start today's episode? You know I always like to keep you on your toes. So today we start with, we start with a story. Hmm? Ooh, story time. All right, so when I was working my way through college, I had some interesting jobs And today I'm talking about life lessons from my landscaping job, landscaping life, designing and shaping your life. So here I was, 21 years old. I had no car. I was living in my sister's granary out back in her pasture. I had a few hundred bucks in my account, nice little cushion before hitting zero. It's kind of fun to look back and see how far I've come. My sister's neighbor ran his own landscaping business and intentionally he turned out or unintentionally, he turned out to teach me some incredible life stories. His, his live life on your sleeve mentality just rubbed off on me. He taught me some real pivotal lessons. Sometimes I ask people to be my mentors in life for, for different things. But this guy, he showed up as an unintentional mentor because that's just how he lives and it affected me. And I'm so glad he did. I feel, I feel lucky. I had a first row seat to such an extraordinary soul who let his unique star colors shine, who lived in a single rainbow moment, who didn't freak out, right, if he didn't win the first set, or even if he didn't win the second set, who decided to get up every day and paint his canvas with passion. It was my first day on the job, landscaping work. Building rock walls, waterfalls, laying down sods, sprinkler systems, planting trees and shrubs, whatever someone needed to make over their yard, that's what we did. I don't, at the time, I didn't know my boss very well. He was just a neighbor, and I only met him a few times. So here we are working away, our first day. And I'm pretending like I know how to do all these landscaping projects, and it's summer, hot, I'm sweating. It gets about 11 a.m. And I start thinking about how much I would love lunch. And then it's noon. And I'm working away on this trench. And we're building this incredible waterfall pond project. The country music is blasting out of the radio. And then the music switches to commercials. Lots of commercials about food, about taking breaks. Oh, man. I was so hungry. And then it's 1 p.m. And I'm thinking, I should say something, but it's my first day, and I need the money. I'm 21, no car, just a few hundred bucks. I'm living in my sister's granary, so the last thing I want is for this guy to think that I'm a softie. Like, oh, um, can we have lunch, please? So, no way. I'm going to be strong. Now, who cares if I'm digging away in the hot sun, and then it's 2.30 p.m., and I realize today's going to be a... A no lunch day. I decide to not say anything. He's already outworking me ten to one, and I need to get that number down. I remember, see, I remember my mom. She let me use her own car for a few days so I could make it to the job because my boss wasn't going to be able to to uh, to drop me back in the neighborhood. He had to be somewhere else. So we left the client's yard at the end of the day, and we're walking to our vehicles. He was talking about what a strong day it was, good work all around. I was glad I didn't say anything about lunch. And since this was before smartphones, we when tra- we had traveled to a city that I didn't know, we agreed I would follow him to the freeway. And then we'd part ways so he could go bid on a few future uh, jobs. I still remember leaning my head back, gripping the wheel. I wasn't hungry anymore. It was a good day. Something else about my boss, he did everything fast. He talked fast. He walked fast. He shoveled fast. He drove very fast. He weaved through the neighborhood and entered a busy intersection waiting to turn left. And I was still behind him in the turning lane, but he, he nosed out. It was a big yellow truck with a tractor and trailer in tow. The light turned to red and I sat there waiting for him to go. Maybe he'd pull over after he turned, but he didn't turn. He decided to reverse back and and maybe wait for me. And, and so, of course, true to form, he reverses very fast. And by the time I got reversed and checked my mirror, boom, he plowed into me. The trailer caught the hood of my mom's car and it like bent it in half like like an A-frame tent. Oh, man. I couldn't even see his truck. The hood was so high. And even though it was obviously his fault, I, I was flustered. Oh boy, oh, here's more conflict, here's more problems I have to solve. My mom needs her car back, how is this going to affect insurance? I remember reaching for the glove box and pulling out our insurance and registration papers, got my old flip phone cell phone to call the police. <sighs> oh, what a mess, what a mess. I rolled down the window when he walked oh, when he walked, you know over and he walked over fast. Whether he wanted to call the police first or the insurance company, nah, look, I was ready to grind this out. Conflict if I had to. But when I rolled down the window, I was frozen. I, I didn't know what to say. He looks at me and he smiles. Smiles! He smiles like he's casually reading the weather forecast and says, "Oh, hey Jones, I just wrecked your mom's car." Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you, Captain Obvious, or should I say, you know, thank you, Captain. No lunch today, Obvious. Right. Oh man, I'm gripping the phone in one hand, holding the insurance papers in the others. My mind is like warped and undone, and I'm trying to figure out. Uh, what exactly there is to smile about here? He pats me on the shoulder. Hey, don't worry, man. I'll get it fixed. But we better go. He looks up at the light like, like he's thinking he wants to make the next green arrow. And he walks over to the hood. And he does this high jump like WWF wrestling Smackdown on the hood. Flattens it out enough so I can see out. Makes sure that it's latched and it won't flip up. And then he smiles and he shoots me a thumbs up. I drop the phone and paperwork, pretending like, like I'm loosey-goosey, too. And I shoot him a thumbs-up back, and boom, choo, we're off again like that, just motoring down the road, moving on, moving forward. When we get to the freeway, he's towing a large tractor that has a big bucket loader on the front. It's a heavy load coming through. And he hit 65 miles an hour, and I was telling him just fine. You know, it's my mom's car with the wrinkled hood. A small engine, so when he punches the gas, he was out of sight. Who is this guy? And is he really going to fix my mom's car? (laughs) Anyway, we got to be close. I'd say that summer, we got to be like brothers. Me and him chasing around beautiful landscape projects. I eventually realized I wasn't made to be superhuman and that I needed to eat lunch. At least most days, anyways. So I I, I told him, Hey, man, lunch is a good thing. We should do it. And He's like, well, shoot. Hey, why didn't you say anything sooner? And I said, well, I didn't want you thinking I was a softie. And he says, Ah, uh, you know, I'm not against lunch. Nothing personal against lunch. I just get so involved in the project, so lost in what we're doing, that I lose track of time. I just forget about it. One day, I was working long hours. Often we'd work like 7 to 7 to take advantage of all the sunlight we could get. I loved that summer, looking back. Since he lived three houses away, and since I didn't have a car, he always picked me up in the morning, and I always made sure to watch for him pulling in because I knew he would want me to walk to the truck and fast. One night before work, I set the alarm on my phone, and I didn't realize the volume was turned down. So the next morning, I'm laying in bed in my underwear. Alarm does not go off. And he sneaks in, and he grabs my nephew's plastic yellow wiffle ball bat. And he starts whipping me to get up. Hey, we're late, we're late. Bam, bam, bam. Get up, get up. He said I had two minutes to get in the truck, or my ride was leaving. And he's smiling, of course, nailing me with the bat. Okay, okay, geez, I'm up, I'm up, right. I made it out to the truck with a good half a minute to spare. After ten minutes of bumping along in the truck with the tractor in tow, and I finally woke up and the sun is just now getting up to cresting over the mountains, and I asked him, Hey, listen, it's so early. Why why do you set your alarm this early? Like this is early, dude. Alarm? He questions me. No, no, I don't use an alarm. I just, I just get up. I just love what I do. I can't wait to get started on the day. Hmm. That's when I realized, as much as I enjoyed working with him, that I would never be a landscape lifer. I needed to keep searching until I found something that that gets me out of bed. That I don't need to settle for. If it's not landscaping. If it's not going to be being a hod tender. Keep looking. Keep looking. Today, right now, it's this podcast. I love what this podcast does for me. And sure, I'll rip off another 50, another 500 episodes. And eventually, the time will come that it doesn't get me up anymore. You don't have to get paid. To change your job pain. If you have job pain. Right, if it doesn't get you up, change or don't change the job. You could simply add a hobby, a side hustle. Find something that gets you up. And look, you don't need to win the whole tennis match like we talk about. You don't need to have it all figured out. Just win the what? Just win the first set. The art of start. Just start it. Start tomorrow. What's one thing you can't wait for tomorrow? Always wanted to invest? Boom. Hey, sign up a new account. Put in a couple hundred bucks. Always wanted to write a book? Don't wait until someone knights you. Sir writer. Or queen podcaster. Or whatever. Right? Don't spin in circles chasing your fortune. You want to look back and say, I always chased my passions. Do you agree? Do you disagree with me? Take Jesus, right? Jesus could have been a highly successful carpenter, right? right? He learns the trade. His dad already has a thriving carpenter business in town. He already has a good book of clients, good tools. But what does Jesus do? Right? He walks away from the family business. Sure, it's a great opportunity. It's just not great for him. I'm going to teach sermons every day over there on the green hill. Yeah. Jesus is getting up early. He can't wait to teach and connect with people's souls. No alarm clock needed. Question for you. Have you visited my bathroom recently? Huh? If... If so, you know I have a sticky note up there. In the guest bathroom on the main floor, my wife put it there, and the truth is, the real truth is, the skinny here is that all my content and my podcasts, I've just been bootlegging it off of her. She does these devotionals. She teaches our family. Anyways, great stuff. Back to the quote. The quote on the bathroom mirror says, Don't fake it till you make it. Face it till you make it. Get up, work hard, fail, stand back up, face it again, do a little better, fail again, get back up, repeat. Love that quote. So back to my mom, back to my boss smashing my mom's car. When he walked over to the car smiling, he immediately did what? He immediately faced it. Hey, Jones, I just wrecked your mom's car. Yes, yes, indeed. So you did. I wonder, see, I wonder if he was smiling about it because he faced the truth so openly, so quickly. And the truth, Jesus said what? Was it John eight thirty two? What? Say it to me. Say it to me. The truth sets you free. My boss faced it right away. Not me, though. I was so calculated in my head, behind the wheel, one hand on the phone, uh, w- one hand on the insurance papers, tongue tied, trying to fake like I was calm and collected, but I really wasn't. I was trying to, trying to fake it. I should have just faced it and said, "Oh man, okay, yeah, you did. I'm freaking out. Oh boy, ah, what? What are you thinking? You know, yeah, you got to slow down." What do we do now? Should we call insurance? Should we pull it aside? I, man, I don't know. He woke up every day without an alarm because he knew he wasn't going to fake anything. Right? That stuck with me. Can you hear that? Can you feel that? He was doing a job he loved. He actually walked away. The backstory, um, he actually walked away from an office finance job because he wanted to do the landscaping work. Every job has its ups and downs and problems, but he knew he was starting to fake the financial job, right? So he quit. He faced it, you know? It's like sometimes uh, we got to wake up. We got to fake it to make it. Oh, man, okay. I love my job. 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 Okay, I love my job. But have you ever tried doing that, right? You know what? faking it like that because you should should trying to fake it to make it instead what if you woke up and faced it oh man (laughs) i'm so tired of this job in fact if i'm being honest i hate it (laughs) face it remember the last episode right we can only change things that we see and our eyes are on our face. We must turn and face it so we can see it. And then we can see what to do. Then we can see the solution. The solution could be, oh, great. I'm going to get a new job. I'm going to start a new business. Or I'm going to keep the crummy job, but you know, add a side hustle. Yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it's a side hustle that that you add. You you face it, you get up, you work hard, huh? You know, do a little better, fail again, get back up, rinse and repeat. Sometimes, sometimes I get scared. I'm inadequate. Is is that just me? Or maybe maybe we're thinking our lover will leave us for someone else. Fake it till you make it fake it like you have this ridiculous romantic confidence nah I mean face it right listen darling hey I love you and sometimes gosh this is hard for me to say but sometimes I get scared that I'm inadequate and you'll leave me one day and I just wanted you to know that because I want a deeply passionate and intimate relationship with you mm. you tell me which one's more attractive Faking it or facing it? Want to be a stock investor but have no idea what you're doing? Well, okay, G, you could just suck up some confidence and fake it till you make it. Short squeeze, limits, options, limit sell, market sell, put calls, EBITDA margins, debt equity ratios, EPS, discounted cash flow statements. Listen, I'm just going to fake this until I can make it. That's one idea. And by the way, I, I tried that path. You remember that from an earlier episode. That's how I lost $920 out of my $1,000 investment on that Greek bank stock. So yeah, that's one path or you face it. Ah, gee. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know the difference between a put and a call. I don't know the difference between a limit and a market trade. No, I'm just going to face it. I'm going to come clean with myself. I'm going I'm to tell a friend, Look, listen, I don't get it. And then when we face it, we can find the resources. Right? We can read. We can talk. We can get a mentor. We can face it again. And then we can face it again and we work hard. Ah. Right? Uh, then the truth will set you free on the course that you truly want to take. <clears throat> No acting skills required. Instead of being a great actor, I've decided... I'm just going to be me. I'm just going to face it. How about a random side note from the last episode when I talked about should. You remember, right? Well, I was re-listening to that episode, and I thought of a higher truth, a higher outcome. I had said... If you must have a should in your life, then it can be you should be here now. And I like that. I still do. But I like this teaching better. It's like one of those Buddhist sayings. Everything is as it should be. Everything is as it should be. I've been saying that to myself every day because, oh, I should be of uh, having this new investment, I should be doing this, oh, I should be, oh, gosh, this is this is all wrong. <laughs> well, hey, listen, everything is as it should be. Like, if you would have got that house that you wanted so bad, you know, with the pool and the tennis court, oh, man, then you would have missed on being best friends with a neighbor who just moved in across the street right, and so on. So, Jones, can you look around, right, spend less time faking things to make it because can't you see it? You've already made it. You are here. And everything is as it should be. We can find the advantages and the benefits in the cards we already hold. See, listen. I want you to get this from this episode. You already have the winning hand Now, if you were paying attention today, taking notes, I hope you were, you'll notice, what did I forget? What didn't we talk about? What's the title of this episode? That's right. Something about a truck being on fire, your truck's on fire. Was that just some random truck tease? No worries. That's what part two is going to be about. I'm going to tie it together in episode 18 and I want you to join me. It's just around the corner. I'm going to post it soon. And I promise. I won't fake it. So you stay right here. And I'll be right back. With episode 18. Meantime. You keep it 100. And I'll keep it 100. 100. Right? You be you. And yes. that's you know, the same reason. Every single episode. Because I truly believe. Deep down. For you. And for me, that the world needs who you were meant to be. So be it.